podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Oh, here it goes. Welcome to yet another edition of Played in Full, and I am actually quite happy to be here. I feel like I ain't been, all I did was miss one episode of the pod, but it feels like I ain't been here in time. Did you miss one? I missed one. I feel like I ain't podded with you in ages. Yeah, because everyone else, you lot have been rotating. I'm I'm Declan Rice in the middle of the pitch. Oh, okay. You lot are rotating around me. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Ah, fair. Right, cool. <laughs> Rossi Ross is uh, screwing up his face. At that no, moment. I don't like that. Don't like that. It's sorry, mate, but it's, it is what it Did is. you like hear the shade that um, that Jude was dropping on you like, last week? About being part-time members <laughs> on that? I couldn't believe That's it. crazy. I said that's so rude. And he's not here today. That's absolutely it could never it could never be me. Trust me, no, listen, I wouldn't have it if I was you like and I'd send something so strapped about, but that's just me. Anyway, how have we been? I've been I've been pretty good, you know. I've been feeling yeah. feeling nice, feeling good. That's good. Yeah. Good. Feeling feeling well actually I've really really want to rant about today's subject, but I'm gonna wait until we get onto it. So just generally in life, I've been feeling good. What about yourself? Um, I've been good, man. I've been watching a lot of film recently, man. More than like I more than like I usually do. Like I'm at like a film every other day now. Um, trying Jeez. to get sometimes doing double bubbles. Oh yeah, you know. Um, I'm literally gonna watch a thousand and one tonight. Well, depends on it because I'm I'm start I've started the traitors. I started it at work. My boss told me shout out to Undu. Um, he uh told me to watch it because we wanted. I uh, work for like a production company I'm trying to do some things. Um. But yeah, like I watched it and I was like, this show is sick. Like, I feel like me and you would be great on that, you know, Scully? Yeah, I really, I've heard about it. I've never watched it from the start. I really want to get into it. Do you know what, do you know, you like, I definitely watched the, it's on BBC iPlayer, isn't it? Like, I, I would implore everyone on the pod, including you, to watch it and we, and we like talk about it. Because when series two drops, that's what I'm on. Are you just watching, are you watching series one? Is that what yeah, you're doing? I'm watching series oh, two. Yeah. I thought you meant like series two was already out or something nah, like that. Nah, 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 nah. Um, uh, thingy. Um, yeah, nah. Uh, been, been watching, literally I started it at, what's the time now? Started at four o'clock. Nice, nice. Uh, and, I'm in, <laughs> and I'm in love with it. Nah, honest to God, like Scully, when you, when you have a look at it, yeah, you'll understand what I mean. I've been binging, well, I binged the A show. I binged the A show last night. Scott Pilgrim takes off. Watch the entire season in one night. I'm a big Scott Pilgrim fan. I'm a big comic book fan, anime f- fan. Everything about that series made a lot of sense to me. I'm a big cartoon fan. All the reference points. It was great. Really enjoyed it. If you're a fan of Scott Pilgrim, if you like cartoons, if you like anime, if you like like sci-fi, all of it, you're just going to love it. Like It's just about that yeah um how does it how does that work because like i saw like the the teaser like when it first kind of like uh just before it came out and it sort of looked like it's kind of well i guess obviously because it's from like the um uh, the comics and stuff but it just kind of looks like it was almost like a retelling i guess from like the movie because and it's all the same original cast isn't it from edgar wright's movie as well so you can they i'm not going to ruin it for anyone but they've adapted one of the comic stories in a very sick way and it's mm-hmm. made it quite fun. I think a lot of people probably shied off it because they thought it was going to be the exact same thing as the film, but in cartoon film, and it's definitely not. And to, to be honest, I think I fell into that category. Like I saw it, and I saw it got good reviews, and that it was original cast and everything. I thought that looks that looks quite cool. That looks interesting. But if it's just, I've seen it, telling. and it's just in, in like the anime form, it's just like uh, that's not essential for me like right now. Nice. So I just it's I just haven't got around to it. They've, they've completely reworked a comic book story from the Scott Pilgrim. Gotcha. And it's in 8-bit format. So for all of you people who had Game Boy Advance SPs, Game Boy Advances, you might you might love that one still. Did any of actually, you... Actually, someone playing Game Boy Advance on the way to work today. That was really weird. That's no, weird. in fact, she was playing Nintendo DS. And I was like, rah. Oh, side, side note, I tried to, uh, you know, Christmas season. I just wanted a bit of extra cash. So we were clearing a bunch of stuff out from the house. And it's kind of sacrilege, but I tried to sell my N64. Because mm-hmm. I, I can't find any of the games, and it's boxed up. And I took it to CEX, and um, 
Yeah, you would have got twenty. They were just they were they it was about seventy quid or something like that. I was like, whatever. But for, they're all fighting over who wants it, who can do the play test and all that. Really? And they wouldn't accept it because I was missing the aerial cable. And so I had to bring it home or order one online. And now that I've got the full package, I'm like, I don't think I, I, that's not for you. That's not for you, CEX. That's really bastards. That that's going back in the cupboard. Yeah, like definitely, definitely say that. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, did any of you guys play Onimusha at all? The, the... Yeah. 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 There's a Netflix series. Um, on it, I, I, yeah, I, I saw that. My brother, my brother was telling me to watch it, but like I haven't. I, tr- I think I tried to watch the first episode when I was at my mom's. But I've, I've now I'm in this era, um, where like I can't watch anything that's not in 4K. So like I tried to watch it on my mom's like 1080p TV, and I my eyes were hurting. Like, I was like, and then my brother was like, my brother was like, you being ridiculous. I said no. You don't understand. I said because you don't have a 4K TV and you don't have a 4K laptop. I said when you get them. Then you'll understand, and it like so. Nah, because there's know, a couple of months. There's a couple of months when my mum didn't have a 4K TV, and I did, and I actually understand you. Because looking at the TV, and I was like, it looks kind of, looks kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but she got one. She got one literally like two or three months later, and I was like, big up. Oh, my mum's not on it. My mum's like, what? So that it just makes the TV brighter. Like that's what she under. She doesn't understand like pixels and that. So she's not. She's not really on it. But I told her like. Everything's gonna look fresh, and she's like, "It looks fresh now." And I'm like, "That's why your eyes are like, that's why you wear glasses." But it can look fresher. Yeah, yeah. but parents, all, like parents all, always think like that. My parents have got like, a, like my parents got a new TV, and I walked in, and it was like my computer monitor it was like oh. in their living room. Oh. And I was just like, "Where's the TV then?" And they're like, "Oh, it's there." So like, that's not that's not the interim. That's not the one you've got up while oh. you're getting the new one. So what do you mean? That's state of the art. I was like, "Where did you get that from?" Like. Oh. <laughs> Damn. Same place you try to sell your N64. Damn. If I was playing like Fortnite on that, I'd be like, that's a disgrace. Yeah, uh, you need exactly. something bigger, man. Ross, I feel like you didn't tell us how you are, by the way. I'm good. I'm sat here looking like E.T. in the blanket on the basket of the bike. Yeah, well, yeah, that's a lot better cultural reference for this podcast than probably what I would have gone for. <laughs> what, what, what were you? <laughs> I was just going to say Mother Mary. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I'm all I'm all good. It's pretty cold in this house, hence the uh, the blanket. Um, and yeah, just missed a few episodes. Work's been kicking my ass a little bit, so be looking forward to the Christmas break. And uh, like CJ, I'm just trying to watch as many films and TV shows as I can, just in the in downtime. So what? at the moment, well, it's Christmas, so Christmas movies galore in this household. So we're cracking on through. So over the weekend, just did some double duty on Sunday. Um, yeah. We did Bridget Jones' Diary because that's one of my girlfriend's favourites and mm-hmm. have to watch it every year. Why you it's, it's, a, it's a classic, but it is a classic that each year you look at it and it gets a little bit more tainted. And eventually you kind of realise in 10, 20 years, you're going to look back on it and be like, mm. The front mag, mm-hmm. FHA, oh era, mm. glamour mag, cosmopolitan. Yeah, proper like, look, it's lit- literally all sexual harassment just all the way through. Just, like, hate, okay, I just hate Christmas films in it, apart from Love Actually and Whoa, and F- Whoa, F off, and Four Brothers. Whoa, listen, I mean, on, it's a Christmas film. How can you hate Christmas films? I mean, most of them are fucking I, terrible. I just don't like Christmas in it, but like, I like The Grinch. What? What is yeah, wrong you with you? You are the Grinch. Yeah, I am. I am. What the hell? I'll now, tell you. I, you know what it is? I'll tell you why I hate it. And it's my sister's fault. Because she's born on Christmas. <laughs> she's born on Christmas Eve. So Christmas is just about her. And she she's center of attention. So she makes it about you're her. You're a hater. You're yes, a hater. I am. I'm a big that is that is proper Grinchy behavior. I yeah, hate I, Christmas because it's my sibling's birthday. That's what you yeah. told me. Child, fuck you, innit? Hater. I'm joking. Love you, really. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah, nah. uh, I love Christmas films. Every year I watch, every Christmas I probably watch now on about 20 Christmas films. I, and even I love watching tenuous Christmas films. So I watched The Holdovers the other day, which is very barely a Christmas film. Okay. It's a Christmas film. So jealous. And then I watched um, Boiling Point yesterday, which is Stephen Graham, the excellent English actor. For Did you watch the TV movie. series or the film? I watched the the pilot, the little or the short, short film. film. Yeah, the short, the short film. film. Yeah, because I saw the the film's really good. Um, 
and I'm it, trying to get my girlfriend to watch it so I can film, watch a film and a series. Yeah, so sh- yeah, yeah. So it was the short film first, just as like the kind of pilot, proof of concept. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like your proof of concept. Then he did the film, which is all like one single take, because it's not short. Sure yeah, yeah. Because the like. short film, the short film is one take as well. Yeah, yeah. So the so the main movie, like the feature, is ninety minutes or whatever, and it's all one take. And then he's they've done the, the TV series following the film. So I think it's like you you see the, how the characters have changed and who's in charge of the restaurant etc and stuff interesting interesting but yeah the short film is actually a tenuous christmas film like it is all around christmas Ah, okay yeah and then tomorrow i'm probably gonna watch xmas which is about you know rekindling the x at christmas i love a shitty christmas rom-com as well that's my shitty christmas rom-coms like yeah i mean that christmas movies generally like you get some of them, the ones that are great, but they tend to be like the tenuous ones or the ones that, you know, like stuff like It's a Wonderful Life, like great yeah. classic movie. It is kind of Christmas. It's also kind of not. Um, the pure Christmas ones tend to be pretty bad. Like I've watched a few the last couple of weeks. I watched Violent Night, which was the one that came last year with, um, oh my God, what's his name? Hopper from Stranger Things. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I really want to watch uh, Violent Night. I, I just yeah I did, it's pretty lame it's just you know david harbour david harbour that's it yeah it, that was that was pretty lame it's just long and it's just it's fine but then it's just like oh great santa's like chopping people's heads off that's about it it's yeah, pretty boring after about 20 minutes um but sunday we watched the return of eddie murphy in candy cane lane I've seen that advertised. I might oh have. my god! Listen, I Candy Cane Lane. When Candy I was gonna, I was gonna say something mad, but I'm, I'm realizing I'm trying to rebrand. I gave, I gave it with Eddie Murphy when he did Captain, uh, um, Coming to America Two. At least a Captain America Two. Um, Captain America Two. Yeah, no. Like, Let him get his bag, man. Why are you hating? Once again. No, because no, I just no. I mean, Candy Cane Lane is, again, pretty, pretty shit. It's fine. The only thing is, is all of these movies nowadays, and I think it's because, like, streamers and studios, they're scared for the investment to not have, like, long movies. Because this is, like, it's clocking in, I think, about two hours, just over two hours. And it's like, this is, like, family-friendly Christmas fun. This needs to be 90 minutes maximum. Two hours. In and out. Yeah. It's nearly two hours. Yeah. Oh and then that's the thing. So like God. it just goes on and on. And the problem with Candy Cane Lane is that it's fun for a part and it's all Christmassy and you think, oh, okay, you, you get into the general vibe and then it just gets convoluted. So it's like, oh, now you've got this thing to think about and you've got that and you've got this and you've got that. And it's like, relax. Sorry? Relax. I th- yeah, I and thought it's... it was going to be like a really mindless... No, nope. it's like friendly at, at first it's like a competition between houses in a street, like <laughs> who's got the best decorations yeah. and who's going to win like the the prize this year. Then mm-hmm. it's about oh, an evil elf and Christmas magic, and like it's suddenly like you know. Wait, he's wait, trying no more dead house anymore. No spoilers, no spoilers, no spoilers. No, 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 spoilers. Spoil, it, spoil it for me because that sounds. No, 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 no. I'm going to watch this. I'm going to watch this. I'm gonna watch this. That sounds like absolute shit. It sounds like three oh. movies in one. I'll come back with a really awful review real soon. Oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Speaking of really, really long films, can we get into some of the meat and bones of today's episode? Pause. Um, <laughs> in fact, on Bones, Napoleon, Bonaparte, the the, the French bones Emperor. <laughs> Mate. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, that was that was even worse than mine. But anyway, that film, yeah, I just watched. I just watched the film after work. wasn't particularly late. When I say after work, I mean immediately after work. It was at six pm. Uh-huh. When I say I was fighting sleep, yeah, Did you I was sleep? I was in the Everyman Cinema sofa, like led straight down, yeah, <laughs> fighting for my life. Like, you know when your eyes are closing? You know that? It made me feel like a kid again. You know what? when you're like, yeah. your mom's like, you need to go to bed. And you're like, no, no. <laughs> you're like, just well, nodding. Yeah, no. Bro, it was awful. It was awful. And I was the only <laughs> person in the cinema under 45. 
I mean, it's, it is a parent's movie. The reason why me, my brother, yeah. saw it in the cinema is because my dad, uh, like, haven't seen a movie with him in the cinema for literally years. I think the last film we saw together in the cinema was Grown Ups 2 for his birthday. <laughs> right? So already yeah. that's a pretty fucking disgrace. And just, <laughs> just out of the blue, just like, shall we watch Napoleon? So, okay. Mate. Was your father speak like that? No, he's like, oi, second born. Get me fucking tickets <laughs> to Napoleon. Like, yeah. oi, yes, second. father. Yes, please. Yes, father. I'll do that. No, <laughs> Russ might be Tyrion. Anyway. Um, <laughs> no, that film really fucking sucked, though. For real. Really? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it didn't suck. It didn't yeah. suck. And that's what annoyed me the most. It didn't suck. Like, there were loads of beautiful shots. It was graded really well, like dark and like dreary and grim without it being, you know, like so dark, like we said in The Killer where you can't see what's going on mm. or the final two seasons of Game of Thrones. It wasn't that dark. It was just dark enough to represent the 1700s yeah. and constant war and civil war between revolutionaries and royalists and the like. And factories just falling smoke with the air. Yeah, it was, it was, there was lots of cannon fire. There were ships. It was like, it had all the makings of a historic so. epic. Yeah. There's some of the fights and the way they went into battle and displaying how Napoleon was a brilliant general. It's fantastic. Even like his love of Josephine and the way that transpired. There were so many things to praise in the film. And I have no idea why, but when you put it all in a bowl and you mix it together and you put it out as a two hour and 37 minute runtime film, it's shit. It's just shit. And I don't know, like, like Ross, how did you feel? So, so the interesting thing, like, I think to your kind of point, it's long, right? It's it's pretty long, two and a half hours. Um, but it's actually, I think the biggest problem it's got going for it is the fact that it's actually missing stuff. Like, you can tell it's missing stuff. Oh, is it and so much stuff, by the way. Like, and yeah, and that's that is a problem with Ridley Scott anyway, because. Ridley Scott's sort of kind of like, I say famous and infamous for kind of having these movies which he releases a cut on and then he releases the director's cut and then there's the alternate cut or the final cut. So like if you think about Blade Runner, how many different cuts are there of Blade Runner and each person thinks there's a definitive version and then everyone says actually the final cut's the best cut. But it's like that's not the original one that goes out. Same thing with Kingdom of Heaven, like back in the 2000s. <laughs> Kingdom of Heaven got really bad reviews when it went into cinema. But then he released the director's cut and he got all the extra stuff that he wanted in there. And then people <laughs> said, actually, this might be one of the best films of the decade. <laughs> so like you get oh, Napoleon. And sad. again, it's just yeah. one of those things where you've got all of these sequences where it just doesn't make sense or there's something clearly missing. And the best, the best example I can give is like, it's pretty early on. And by early on, I mean like in the first hour, not the third. But in the first hour, you've got that guy who, you know, everyone's trying to take the throne. And then one guy visits Napoleon over breakfast. And he's like, yeah. I want you to be my my henchman, basically. I yeah. want to become like the emperor. I want you to be my, you be my, my, my hand mine. Yeah, you'll be my sword. You're going to help me take the throne. Next scene, Napoleon is taking the throne for him. He's like, great, let's have the vote. The scene after that, is someone says, Napoleon, you, I think you should be king. And he laughs. And then the scene after that is he's emperor. And so, yeah, so like he, but by the way, CJ, the laugh, the laugh isn't like, oh, good idea. It's a, that's the stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard. Followed by a really patronizing slap. Yeah. And then literally to Ross's point, <laughs> just yeah. two seasons later, he's the emperor. That, and is, thinking, Bruv, what? that is literally about five to 10 minute sequence of he's the henchman and then suddenly he's the emperor but the guy who's says be my right hand man he just disappears we'd never see that guy again so in the director's car yeah. long cut there must be a scene in there where he kills him or he turns against him or something happens but it's just really or weird people don't wow. like him and there's lots of bits and pieces like that same thing with like josephine when she first shows up she kind of walks yep. out of the prison cell she walks around an empty square and then suddenly she's at a party so what like, what yeah, the fuck's happening? Like, yeah, hurried time. That's... Mate, you don't know. And also, when you see Napoleon, you don't know why Napoleon's this party. You know Napoleon is a Corsican, basically immigrant, but you have no idea about his upbringing. He talks yeah. about his mother bears. You never see his mum once. 
he clearly is close to his brother. You only really see his brother twice. Like, there's so <laughs> much going on. Like, wow. you don't understand why he wants, like, why he has all this ambition. How do they keep in contact? Passenger pigeon or something? Yeah, literally. He sends letters. Oh, yeah. Okay. And his letters are like, oh, I miss you, Josephine. You're not writing me. And it's literally, he's a fucking loser. To my brother, please tell my mum I was really cool. Like, literally, that is terrible. Josephine, I hope that you're not cheating on me. Otherwise, I'll be yeah, very cross. His wife is doing the, doing the dirts on him, and he's just taking it like a schmuck. A schmuck! To be, fair, though, was him. Yeah. to be fair, though, you can see why she's doing the dirty on him. Yeah, Man's he's out there like a little ting. kind of chihuahua, just humping. Yeah, his thing, he had no, hey, pause, but he had no girth or weight <laughs> on it. Oh, literally... She cussed him for it. She literally, was like, yo, you tiny first... little man. They, get, they, they meet, they meet yeah. fall in love, and then the next scene is literally like, he's like that dog in like Meet the Fockers who's humping yeah. the ankles. He's literally oh, just doing that the whole time, like for about two minutes on her. And she's just like, okay. That's the funniest part. When they're having sex later and you can see how she just goes through it, like, yeah, whatever. And also, done. because the audience is then just middle-aged parents, these very funny, awkward sex scenes are going on, and all you can kind of feel is tension from all the parents, like, oh, <laughs> oh, gosh, what is this? Yeah, Some of them probably get turned on by that, because that's the kind of beats they be having. Yeah, just, yeah that's, that's what my dad, he's like, yeah! Okay, <laughs> that's what I'm here for! That's really weird. Um, anyway, uh, you like sounded like you had a torrid time at the cinema. Me, however... Do you know what? I think I, I I didn't have that bad a time. I mean, yeah. that makes it sound rough, and it, it is. There was clearly stuff missing, so it's incomplete. It is not a finished product. But I think it's pretty good. Ridley Scott is always interesting. You know, the way he actually kind of captures footage, the way he kind of manages to kind of direct and kind of get all that kind of... Um, the, the way he directs action in particular is always great. So those battle sequences all the way through are brilliant. Like, they're really entertaining. Yeah. And they're also really kind of gory and gruesome and fun because that's just Ridley Scott. That's what he wants to do. The first fight mm-hmm. is Napoleon on a horse and his horse gets split in half by a cannonball. So yeah. brilliant. That's that's, that's the tone. Even before then, you see Marie Antoinette get hit with the guillotine. Yeah, thinking, literally. So you, it goes in strong. I think the problem is, is between all those battle sequences, you then get all of this political and emotional drama, which is yeah. fine. You know, you need that. I'm not saying that you shouldn't have that in there, but with all those gaps and with the clear missing elements of that story, it is unsatisfying because you know that there's stuff missing. Yeah. So you go from scene to scene, you think, oh, that's there's something there that we're not being shown. But when it drops on Apple TV in you know a few weeks or a few months or whenever it goes to Apple, there's going to be a complete package when they drop the three and a half hour, four hour Snyder Cut. Or whatever they're going to call it, so well, it's, it's 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 incomplete, and that's the problem, you know. And uh, there's loads of people who do it, but I think with if you take something like the Snyder Cut, that was outside of Zack Snyder's control. That was just DC and Warner Brothers just trying to force it out there. So to have that cut makes sense. But for, for someone like Ridley Scott, if you're going to release a two and a half hour cut with Apple's blessing, just release the full thing. Yeah. He's saying that he's come out and said, actually, no, this is my preferred vision. It's like, I don't think it necessarily can be if you are approving <laughs> yeah. a three and a half hour version to go on TV. That man. Do you, know what, do you know how funny that is, Ross? He said, no, nah, this, is, this is how I want it. This is what I want it to look like. He said, ah, I don't think you do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean, you, you probably got it wrong there, mate. No, but seriously, he did get it wrong. They, you just don't, you don't get enough, like, attachment to the characters. You know, like, normally in, um, historic biopics and you might not be able to call this a biopic because obviously it's based on a legendary guy from hundreds of years ago but like it is essentially a biopic and it's um, a biopic and normally you get some embellishment which makes you draw some attachment to the the characters and the side characters and the people in and around their life right Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah and you're like Oh yeah, like I really like this person. I feel like, a, like whether it's Elvis or Ray or Muhammad Ali or all of these films, yeah. When it comes to Napoleon, I just don't feel particularly strongly about anyone. Like, and I think uh, Joaquin Phoenix does a really good job as Napoleon. I actually think he has he's a strong performance. I think Josephine was great. I just don't feel strongly about it in any 
way shape or form. Yeah. And it was really annoying because obviously I know I'm watching it to um to review for this podcast. So like I said, I was fighting the seat. I was absolutely battling it. I said, there's no way I can fall asleep. But just, there was like 20 minutes. And it wasn't even during like a particularly boring bit. It was probably part of some of the most interesting war, war battle-heavy part of the film. Ross, you know when they there are, he's beefing Prussia, basically. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, the Prussian emperor, he wants to basically be him. Um there was just a bit where they're in the woods and it's cold and it's snowing and all of this. That part, even though I knew it was so important to Napoleon's life and what happened at the the, the crux, the climax of the film, just could not stay awake. I just couldn't. Shout that. out to the King of Prussia, by the way, because that is um, Smiles Jupp. Like the British comedian does like TV shows like Rev and stuff. And uh, oh. I saw him pop up. I think I was the only person in the cinema who laughed. And my brother's like, the funniest. He's like, Cause th- why the fuck is Marge up in this? Why is he the king of Prussia? But it, it, it's true that, like, it's, you know, Joaquin Felix is, it, it, I think he's great. You know, he's good. I wouldn't necessarily say great. I think he's just doing a good performance. Same thing with Vanessa Kirby. I think, you yeah. know, they do have a good interplay between each, like, between the two of them in their scenes. But it is true. It, because there's clearly passages that are missed and a cut out you never really get these proper senses of attachment with anyone and you are just sort of drifting from scene to scene and if, if you look at like the supporting cast it's a lot of kind of like uh character actors from british tv and film which is which is great you know ridley scott kind of supporting them there but then you've also kind of got some bigger names you've got like taha rahim who's um he's got like third billing and he's in it i like him scenes early on and he's doing a good job but then again he just sort of fades into the background and disappears and part of you thinks well is there something more that was meant to be done with the character but it's been cut out for for pacing or or, or whatever um it's just it's just an odd one and it makes sense for apple to have picked up a Ridley scott movie on their books and again it's same thing with scorsese when people complained about length and stuff like that they're not worried about the cost of it, the runtime, they just want the legacy on their books to say, look, in our filmography, on our shelf, we've got a Scorsese, we've got a Ridley Scott. And I imagine they'll do more with other directors as well who have kind of jumped ship and gone, have gone in between uh, for studios. Um, it'll be interesting. You know, I guess the question I'd have for you, Scully, is having watched it now, are you in any kind of rush to see the longer cut? if that was to come out onto Apple TV? I'm not in a rush to see it, but if I had like a, you know, like, <clears throat> this is going to sound so harsh, but see if I was ill, <laughs> I've been a little bit sniffly this week, got a bit of a cough, you might be able to hear, you know, like, <clears throat> all of this. And if I was off work for like a couple of days and it was out, I might put it on just to see what's different. And Because yeah. I hated Justice League and I watched the Snyder Cut on the same premise. I was just bored at Christmas. And I was like, you know what, let me slap this four hour and a half film on and see what's different. And to be fair, the Snyder Cut was a lot better than the original Justice League. So I was like, it was worth watching it. Snyder Cut was really good, actually. Shout outs to Paul Reese, by the way, who's um the butler in Saltburn. Yeah, I, also I, I, it and he made me laugh. Yeah, that was interesting. It's, it's I thought that was but again, I think that's also part of the challenge, actually, of you know if you're enjoying a film or not when actually your takeaways are, oh, it's that guy. He's been in a few things now. Oh, that's Miles Jupp. Oh, that's so-and-so. And, you know, you're you're less interested and enamored in actually the action and the character development. You're more interested in, oh, I recognize that face. And that's what you take away from it. And that's what happened in, I think it might have been Candy Cane Lane as well, just to kind of go back to that. Because by the end, I was having such a miserable time with it that I started to point out all the inconsistencies. So like the kind of, you know, um, if characters are wearing or doing something different than what they were doing in the shop before, there's bits where ADR is really bad and you can say that voice is clearly not what he's saying at the time. And I think you get to that point, you're like, I'm not enjoying this film like I should be because I'm just distracted by everything else in the background. There is... And it just inter- like introduces so many little, little plot points and like skates over them. Napoleon's life is fucking epic. Yeah, like it literally is one of the craziest life stories of all time. He's one of the greatest conquerors, leaders of men, dictators, tyrants, 
of all time. However you want to describe him, right? <clears throat> it just skates over him taking over Egypt. It doesn't even show him in Italy. It doesn't, it doesn't even show a little bit of like anywhere else he really went besides Prussia. Austria, I believe they do one scene there and it like, again, skates over it. Like, I, I feel like it would be okay if that was the case and they were really like honing in on his relationship with Josephine. Yeah. But the relationship with Josephine, there's so much left unsaid. Like there's a little bit of, there's a little bit of dirty talk. I wouldn't even call it BDSM. They're just kind of both shouting at each other for a little bit. Not the BDSM. It's, it wasn't BDSM. <laughs> It no, was it was some light aggressive hunting and it was, it was like psychological sexual warfare. <laughs> you can't really call yeah. it emotionally abuse because they both did it to each other. Yeah, and then it seemed like they both really liked that. Awesome. Notice that. Notice that, that CJ, look, notice that CJ perked up as soon as he said that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not, not a BDF, I watched it and then. BFI, I'm actually saying. I, I, did, <laughs> I, I did have like, I did have like intention to go watch it, but now you two are like. Shitting on it, and I don't. You know what it is. I value my time, and Napoleon is. A, if it was like an hour thirty, I'd go, but because it's two hours and thirty-seven minutes, I don't have time to be like, "Yeah, that was okay." I, like, I need to be blown away. I mean, I yeah. like. I mean, I like it. I would. I would say see it, but for you, see it. I would say see yeah. it. I would. I would say see it. I love films. I love biopics. I would definitely say see it because it wasn't so bad. Like I'm not angry that I watched it. I'm just disappointed it wasn't. Yeah, great. my I'm shitting yeah. on it more from the fact that it's clearly an incomplete story. It's just a, it's an unfinished film. Is what it felt like to me. In I don't know anything world. about Napoleon and it, so I might give it a go. Um, it will. It should springboard some interest into you. And he is an interesting guy. It's quite funny how every last great leader was inspired by the last great leader. Like the way they're showing Napoleon's like almost obsession and even France's obsession with Caesar. Yeah. And like how yeah, Napoleon yeah, yeah. could be their Caesar. I was like, that's so interesting. Well, so it's, it's all of that is quite good common threads throughout. It's just, oh. it's just not interesting or captivating enough outside of some of the human drama and the, the battle sequences to sustain you for two and a half hours. Really. I was going to say, are you talking about leaders? Actually, I watched a film this week um, because of a tweet you made, Scully, called The Last King of Scotland. Ah, um, I watched it because there was a tweet you made about Idi Amin. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like my new thing is if I don't know about like stuff, I'm gonna see if there's a film on it, and then I'm gonna watch the film, and then I'm obviously I'm not gonna believe all the film, but yeah, I'm gonna then like YouTube find out like what they actually were about. Does that make sense? To yeah. like, learn more because I didn't I didn't know about like him banishing all the like Indian people away from like Uganda which is mad and evil. yeah that was actually part of what got him into power but not because and this is what people forget it's the same as Napoleon it's the same as Caesar it's the same as every dictator even Hitler to an extent yeah every dictator and tyrant starts off as somebody who is freeing the people right so Idi Amin's thing was I'm freeing us from and it's weird because at first he had like he actually got on with colonial Britain's rule and he like rose through to power through them yeah and then once he got to a powerful enough point he was like actually Uganda should be for Ugandans and he basically kicked them out started to say war kicked out the Asian people he said I'm taking the power back for Uganda which every country especially a country that is going through economic troubles let's say Swings to the right, they become more nationalist. We're seeing it right now with Britain. You see it with, um, you saw it with the 1940s Germans. You saw it with Austria in the decade before. Like, this is just a thing countries do. Like, they think, oh, we're broke. Why are we broke? It must be the immigrants' fault. And then the dictator always comes to power by saying, I'm going to fix all our money problems and I'm going to do this, this, and this. And one of the things they always promise is kicking the immigrants out. And that's where Idi Amin, like, kind of rose to power. yeah basically basically literally uh, like because it gets people on side it gets the people going it's provocative real shit like so that's how Idi got there but then obviously after that he started like chewing on people and that so it got a bit mad that is mad I didn't even know that but Gillian Anderson in that film buff Gillian Anderson in any film 
crazy. Um, yeah, <laughs> I wanted us to do that. Um, but yeah, no, I had a cinema trip this week. Um, yeah, what well. did you see? I went to go see. Well, I had two yesterday. I went to go watch Saltburn. Um, mm-hmm. Amazing film. Was that at the film festival? London Film Festival. It was, uh, it was at but, one point, yeah. Yeah, but I, I saw it. We, me and due to it early, Ross. So I've, I've watched three films that were there now, um, mm-hmm. and I'd have to say that would rank number two. But Killers of the Flower Moon was really, really good, so I can't really rank it over that. But um, Saltburn was great, man. I'm not going to talk too much on it because Ross hasn't seen it. Um, you haven't seen it yet, still, Ross? Not yet. But really, well, we, were, we, went to go to, we went to go the other day and we left the house and then we got stuck in traffic for literally one hour just around the corner from the, like, just a road around from our house. It's like, we're not going to make it. <laughs> so I'm still yet to see it. It's it to... is what it is. Trust me now. When you get a chance, definitely go. Um, really, really enjoyed it. Um, I was getting told, like, it was rave, like, by my friends, it was rave reviews and that. And you know what it is? I feel like for someone who doesn't watch a load of films, I feel like if you go into the cinema and watch that film, you'll think it's an 11 out of 10. But like when I watched I like it, it, I was just like, I was like, okay, it's great. But I've seen better this year. Like bear my friends, bear my ca- went friends who watch films casually. I'm like, oh, that's film of the year. Bro, oh, bro, it's better than Oppenheimer. And I'm like, it's one, it's not. I'm like, two, it's not that good. Chill out. Um, yeah, it, it, it's 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 good. It's really good. I'm not like I think Oppenheimer is just perfectly good. I think it's. Like I don't think it's the best film of the year for me. I, you know what, I've really come to appreciate Oppenheimer a bit more because I think it's two films in one, which is just beautiful. Um, and that's what I love about it. But Oppenheimer, or Killers of the Flower Moon. Oppenheimer, although I really did enjoy Killers of the Flower Moon, man. We should save this for a couple of weeks when we do our year in review. (laughs) Listen, I'm watching a thousand and one today. I feel like that's good. I feel like that's gonna push me over the edge. Um, anyway, um, yeah, no, I went to watch Beyonce's Renaissance. So, if our female listeners, yes, and I'm tailoring it to females because you know you guys are looking at me weird. All Um, three of you didn't know. I am a huge Beyonce fan. Um, I was a big Beyonce fan back in the day when she was in a quote-unquote slut era. That's what they call it. You have the slut era Beyonce, you have Sasha, Fier- Sasha Fierce era Beyonce, and then you have leader of the Black Plight Beyonce, which is the era that we're in now. And then you've got this like, go on. You feel like I thought leader of the Black Plight Beyonce, is that not, wait, which ones did you say? Sorry, run me through no, them again. You've got, you got slut era Beyonce, which is like yeah. um, B-Day, um, uh, flipping uh, it's B Day up to um, for I forgot what her first, first album's called, and I'm I'm saying I'm a massive Beyonce fan. I've really you know when you have a brain fart, like just, first, Beyonce's first album. I actually can't remember what it's called right now. Isn't it called Baby That's Boy? Really embarrassing for you. Is no, it no, called no, Baby no. Boy? No, it's not called. It's Baby the one Boy. with Baby Boy on. I know. Oh, now I'm having. I've got, I've had a massive brain fart. Oh, dangerous in love. C- it's dangerous in love. It's yes, dangerous in love. I was about to say love. that CJ yeah, could be like a mastermind contestant so, with Beyonce, but not yeah, anymore. no, no, I no, I genuinely can. That's the worst thing. So dangerous in love. You got B Day. Then you've got um. Then you've got obviously the Sasha Fierce era in it, which is like Sasha Fierce. Um, uh, I am Sasha Fierce four. Then you've got the Beyonce album, and then from the Beyonce album, then you've got the leader of the Black Plight era, which is like Lemonade, um, the Black, the um, the Lion King album, and then you can probably put Renaissance in there. But I'm putting this in this new era because I feel like she's on a new level. But, I feel because I feel like there was there was like African Queen Beyonce, and then there yeah, is, no, that's that's leader yeah. of the Black Flight Beyonce. That's, that's yeah, but I feel like this is a slightly different chapter because it's there adjacent. But I feel like this is yeah, that's what I'm saying. Techno, like, techno punk, uh, revolutionary. Yeah, 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 yeah. But she's still like leading, but she's still on this. Uh, I'm black and I'm proud. Like yeah, formation. yeah, yeah. Do you get me? Um, well, she's been black and proud since uh, self-titled. Since uh, self-titled, yeah. When she was doing the Houston rap and like the big 808s and that, she was black and proud. She no. had lyrics that I can't even say in front of Ross. No, yeah. but you see she started my, ringing off the n words in that album. You see my thing with Beyonce, yeah. I feel like she's very just like, oh, she sees something, she exploits it, and it. But I still love her, so I think she's exploiting that. But that's for another conversation. Um. Anyway, so obviously in May, I went to watch the concert with my sister. Um, when she, her first show that she did in London, and obviously I was blown away. Probably my favorite day of the year, favorite concert I've ever been to. 
Um, I didn't go to SZA because I went to, I paid £100 for Beyonce and SZA was trying to charge 120 and it just didn't make sense in it. I was like, why am I paying £20 more to see SZA when I saw Beyonce, who's the greatest performer of our time? It doesn't make sense. Um, so then, obviously, went to go watch the film, heard the film was coming out, was badgering on that Ross for for months. Get me a, get me a BFI IMAX ticket, please. <laughs> yeah, like, you were, you kept, you, like, every like, Every week. single week, I was like, bro, I need to see this. Is it out yet? Is it out yet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then. How did the Beyonce job? Yeah, no, no, I, just, I was just checking. Every time I saw it, I was just checking. Anyway, um, so then. I booked obviously for every man, and then one of my friends, shout out to Kira, um, she like laughed at me. She said, "You're going to watch a concert in the Everyman," and then I said, "You know what? Bullying works on it." Then I went to Leicester Square and did it properly, and it was amazing, amazing. Um, and it showed me two things: one, the concert itself was definitely meant to be on the night because Alien Superstar, which is in the in the first or second act. Um, uh, there's like green lasers and like the lasers in London because it was light outside. It wasn't, they weren't lasering. But when she was in America and it was night shows, them lasers were lasering. Um, and then she missed a lot of stuff as well when she came to London. Like she missed the whole section, but that's all right. Um, but yeah, it showed me that she is the greatest performer of our time. I would have liked a little bit more Jay-Z. I can't lie, but it is about her. Um, Blue Ivy, she's a mad woman in like coming up because she was only meant to do one show saw everyone clowning her online she said yeah you, you need to know who i am and then she said i'm going to do every show and she did every show she got better with every show i love that for her um and then another thing as well um beyonce has twins but we only saw one of the twins we didn't really see the son um so i'm a bit worried uh it may be non-verbal i'm not too sure but literally, like, this is the thing online, and it people are saying, like, we saw, like, Rumi, the daughter, talking bare, but we just never saw the son at all. Like, why? Why not? Um, and then, yeah. So, like, different things that happened with, like, malfunctions of the show and how the show was meant to be, like, together for four years. But it was amazing. Go watch it if you get a chance. It's in cinemas, like, every Thursday. And then on the weekend, go have a go have a look. If you didn't go to the concert, I would implore you to go to watch that because having been to the concert and having watched that, I feel like, honest to God, you're getting you're getting not the same experience, but it's a very very good experience in it. It's like watching Michael Jackson in our time for me. The show was amazing. The live show, I loved the live show. Mm-hmm. However, go on. I'm going to tell people to not go and watch it, and you know why? Go on. I'm standing with Palestine. I'm going to go ahead and say it. Say it. Yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. See, she, what? So what? 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 What is this that we're doing? Like, go on. So she chose to release the film wherever she. Obviously, you can like choose where to release it. And you see, a lot of uh, musicians like Dua Lipa has been one. I think Lady Gaga was one, but I can't say that for sure. Actually, let me not say Lady Gaga because she might have. But I'm pretty sure Dua Lipa was one. But often musicians will be like, I opting out of performing in Israel because of what's happening to Palestine, right? Like, they'll just opt out of it. And, like, in cinematic releases and film releases, all of this, they can and usually will do the same thing, right? So she had the option of where she wants to release this film and whether she wants to release it in, like, you know, in Israel or other contentious areas. Mm -hmm. And she just decided that, yeah, she'll, she'll she'll go and do it. So, my, I, my wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. My issue with this is, you cannot come and tell me you're revolutionary and you stand for oppressed people of any culture if you can see oppression happening in an area and decide to air it. Oh no, we've like, been saying that though. Now because look, no, she, I don't know. We do. I know she, we do. That Dubai show, mm-hmm. but she's on the album talking about you know gay rights and X Y Z and blah blah. Then yeah. you go to do a Dubai show of twenty five mil. We know that Imar is a mash. My only thing with this, because I, I hear it about it being shown in Israel and them using like Break My Soul as a flipping, like, like, like using it like the, uh, people use Kendrick Lamar's like a, All like Right. Like a fight like, anthem. Like an anthem. Like a fight story. anthem. My yeah. only thing is, are we 100% sure that she was like, yeah, I still want it there? 
that's my only thing. If I'm wrong, then I'm wrong. But I just I feel like you'd pull it out. Like it's actually not hard to pull out a film premiere. Like as in in the country, like there's a lot of things around the release that it's weeks and months in preparation. Mm. But you could turn around a week ahead of time and say, I don't want to show that actually. And obviously that's her prerogative. She's allowed to do whatever she likes, mm. but I'm not going to spend my money or my, my space watching that simply because I'm just like, what do, what do I personally want to stand for? And it's like, I don't want to enable it too much. I love Beyonce, by the way, let me preface this. Well, po- post, post just this <laughs> add it onto the back uh she's an amazing performer she's one of the best performers she's one of the finest musicians in the world to have existed in our lifetime we're lucky to live in the same timeline so i'm not gonna cap i'm not gonna say anything ridiculous but i do need us to be real like like you don't have to and i'm on to jay-z is one of my favorite if you know me jay-z is one of my favorite rappers i think he's the greatest rapper of all time i also think when he does things that are really questionable, like for example, when the NFL are perpetuating racism throughout the system that they have in the game, and he decides, do you know what? I'm going to partner with the NFL, and we're not really going to change anything, but all my mates are going to do the Super Bowl halftime show. Like, nah, I'm going to question you for that. I'm going to question you for it. Like, nah, but I feel like some things have changed. Though, there, though, it's been there. Like what? I just, I, I just feel like some things have changed. I want things to have changed, but nothing's changed. I guess the argument should also continue to be, right, is the fact that this is a pair of billionaires that we're talking about. These are people who can uh, kind of wield kind of, you know, important change if they Mm -hmm. can put their minds Mm -hmm. to it. Mm -hmm. And now just looking in the background now, because one of the things I was kind of interested in was actually how how was Beyonce's concept film actually kind of distributed? Because obviously, if you look at like two of the, the highest grossing movies, particularly in the States, but probably globally by the end of the year, are going to be Beyonce's Renaissance tour, the movie, and then obviously the Eras tour movie with uh, with uh, mm-hmm. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift, yeah. But Taylor Swift was, she specifically bypassed studios. So she worked with AMC Theatres and said, I'm going to work sp- just with you on distribution. And then I think she, think she eventually picked up a global partner. And she chose to screen in Israel as well. But that was all off her own back. So that feels more of like an active decision to say, I'm fully in control of how and where I put this. I was trying to find out from Beyonce, is that because if, if they've made a big deal, and this is, again, I'm not trying to defend kind of Beyonce in that situation, but like if they've made a deal with a studio or whatever, that studio will just have the, the right to. I just want to say I'm not defending if she's put if she said oh yeah f- I don't care what's happening in Palestine because free Palestine till it's backwards in it um but mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. that's my thing I'm like okay did, I get who she is and I get whatever my thing is did she say blah blah or was it done by a production company and the production company just put it there because those are two different things yeah and I hear it my thing is if you're not if you're not Sorry, a, um you then but i just wanted to make that because i just wanted to make sure that people understood that it's free i agree with you both and i think if you're not a revolutionary it's fine like it is what it is like display the movie wherever you want and like i'm not saying she is a revolutionary because clearly she's not but then also don't masquerade as one like like there's ignorant ignorant people that i think are stars like i'm not waiting to dj khaled talk about palestine even though he's palestinian and if dj khaled like performs in a tenuous place. I'm not really looking at him for that. But with Beyonce and Jay-Z, it's the fact that they ally themselves with these things and then go yeah, on yeah. to support them. It's like, you actually didn't have to say anything. You could have you could have come out and be like, I'm not a politician. I'm not an activist. I am not your saviour. Like, just like... Yeah, just left it alone and got about business. And nobody would actually care. It's the fact that you say that, it, that <laughs> they're good. Like, yeah. come on, man. That was my problem with the whole Dubai thing. Like I said, like you were talking about Uncle Johnny made my dress and X, Y, Z, and you're doing all you're doing all your best for the ballroom scene and X, Y, Z. Because we've seen it, man. I've seen it. But then I've seen when you did that Dubai show. And you Don't put it. your faith in celebrities because no, 100%. ultimately, you know, it's when, and also like, it's also like, it's very funny. Like when you see, even like not too long ago, the whole stuff with like Robert De Niro and, you know, like, oh, yeah. he's a creepy guy. He's a, he's a bad guy. And, you know, earlier this year, I was reading kind of a book and it was about, um, it was when like things like measles and stuff were coming back. And it was specifically about Andrew Wakefield 
and how he perpetuated lies to make himself rich that kind of basically stopped the eradication of measles from happening. And he created all this vaccine fear. And Robert De Niro gave him a massive platform in the States, funded him in his documentary, gave it big championing. And then when all this stuff came out that actually this guy's a fraud and it's a lie and he's perpetuating this and actually harming people for his own personal gain, you know, he tries to feign ignorance and and step back. And, you, you know, it's unfortunately people will do what, they think is best for them and their kind of self-interest they want to keep that kind of public persona going you know and even if you kind of read now it sounds like you know if if i was just typed in kind of beyonce through the news like what's going on because obviously there's lots of backlash and then apparently it's kind of you know you're hearing sort of kind of like um people being invited to concerts and stuff and it's it's a tricky kind of situation you know i don't think that's going to kind of be easy and easy resolution and i just think fans need to continue to voice their displeasure and kind of put their money where their mouth is and not go and i think that's you know that's completely fair um yeah and people i'm gonna go myself because you know i've got nothing against beyonce it's just probably not for me i don't listen to beyonce enough to be interested in it same thing when everyone was running up for taylor swift don't listen to taylor swift yeah yeah nah but um yeah. CJ, I swear you are asking for tickets for the Irritors cinema shows. Don't do that. Don't do that. Nah, so Actually, to be fair, he did, I remember each week he was oh, messaging me oh, saying, he's on oh, the oh, IMAX. Oh, 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 I will leave the party. When is T Swift dropping? When is T Swift dropping? I hope the they're dropping swiftly. <laughs> I will leave the party forever. Don't do that. Don't do that. What's that? What's that? Ten said? Eras come to an end. Eras come to an end, yeah. <laughs> 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 um, what else did we watch this week? What else did we watch? Um, what else did I watch? What, what are we gonna watch actually? I think that's probably it. Like, uh, as I say, it is Christmas month. I want to see lots of Christmas movies that are coming out, whether they're gonna be good, whether they're gonna be bad. Wonka is out on Friday. Oh, I'm going to watch and, that on Friday. And actually, pr- reviews have been pretty positive. It's kind of saying, you know, Paul King. Paddington, Paddington 2, a lot of the reviews are kind of saying it's got a lot of the kind of the good energy and like the vibes of like a Paddington 2. So it's getting quite good reviews in that sense. Um, it's been some still a little bit sniffy, particularly I was reading, I think it was um, IndieWire were kind of kind of just writing about it and just saying, actually, it's a little bit, you know, it's fun. It's quite light, but in terms of a musical, it's quite stale and a little bit kind of, they described it as square. And I think, you know, so it's, they said it's missing a certain kind of energy, but I think for the most part, it's getting pretty good reviews. So I'll, I'll be tempted to try and see Wonka. And then I think if enough of us see that, I think that'd be quite a good lineup for next week. I mean, I if I didn't see Renaissance, I don't know if I could see Wonka. Timothy's been, he, he's been moving a little bit. Uh, he's, yeah, he's been a bit kind of naughty. He's, he's moving a little bit. With him now. He did his Saturday Night Live sketch, which was basically kind of um, making fun of, uh, people at Gaza and stuff. Can everyone just start being a fucking weirdo, please, man? <laughs> like, no, like, nah, big man thing, like, public service announcement to the world. People are dying out here, bro. Like, it's not, like, it, it is actually not funny. I like, mean, the thing is, is like, you've got to think in these situations, like, whoever Timothy's manager is would surely have to kind of step in and just say, by the way, this isn't fucking funny. You're young, you are a megastar. Don't do this. What? I need Don't to, fucking do that. You know I sent me one. Assi- uh, no, this was how mad. It got cut though. Me- like it got it got cut because they oh, knew it was in bad taste. But there was I like wanna, a clip. I want to see it to see how bad it was because I can't imagine how you made. Like even the other day, what was I? What Ricky Gervais? Oh my god! Tell me, man, <laughs> saw what Ricky Gervais said, Broski. Listen, I don't find that man funny in it. I think he's a joke, man. And I think he's racist, but that's another another story for another. That day. is a, another story, but I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> so, come <laughs> <laughs> on! If you're still listening to this pod, you uh, you just come. <laughs> We've been having some good times, man. We've been talking about some inappropriate uh, jokes. Hopefully, uh, uh, Ross has cut them all out in the edit. Because, uh, yeah, they were bad. Yeah, fucking hell. Ooh, but are we looking forward to it? There's no feel good films coming out. Before, I'm not going to go see Disney Wish. 
Um, I'm looking forward called? to how to have sex. I can't lie. I'm like, I'm, yes. I'm intrigued. You do need to learn how to have sex, you virgin. Yeah, definitely. Have, have you watched that, Russ, by the way? <laughs> no, I haven't seen that. Again, it was one where I was trying to catch it when I was in London. Yeah, but I I'd like. It, unfortunately, I, I just want to see because I've never, I've never really took time and watched like independent films like that. Um, but I've heard rave reviews about it, so. Can't and wait. also, like it's um, uh, the lead actress won uh, at the British uh, Independent Film Awards. She won kind of best uh, lead performance. Oh. Yes. Um, and then also, I think one of the guys in it also won supporting performance alongside Paul Mescal. Um, the director actually, was... That's meant to be really good. The director was the cinematographer from Scrapper, which is one of my films of the year. I don't think anyone watched Scrapper. I don't no, hate not yet. this. It's on, it's on VFI player, that. though, and I do you have You need to go and watch it. It is... Yeah. It's elite. It's I elite. Actually just, I actually really just want to go watch 1001. I don't think I'm going to have time today, though, because I actually need to watch The Traitor. And... Um, yeah, I, I I feel like I'm gonna fall asleep because it's a two-hour film, and I don't want I want to yeah. keep my full unavided. I've been up since seven. I I I need my full unavided attention on that film and Tiana. Um, I'm mean, <laughs> okay, in that sort of similar realm of like looking at the schedule of like pre-Christmas. There's not a huge amount. There's stuff that's kind of like dripping out onto Sky Cinema or onto streaming, which I miss through the year, which I need to catch up with. So Scrapper. Uh, Bo is Afraid is now out on Sky. Yeah, I need to watch that. But that is... Oh, Russ, do you have a Sky Movies Pass? No, I use... My, my dad's got Sky, and I use his Sky Go. Damn. So I just log right, into his okay, account. I was say, if you have Sky Go, he needs a boss man. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but Bo is Afraid is also one of those ones where, like, I really want to see it in the cinema, but three hours, Ari Aster kind of moving away from more of his kind of, like, psychological kind of horror thrillers into... Bit more of a kind of like comedy kind of realm, and mm-hmm. reviews are really mixed for it. They said it's so even, mixed. I was even, looking forward to that film, and I've yeah. actually put it off. It was even like one of those things where, as they said, like even if you like sort of like quirky indie, like this is so overbearing. So I've, I can try and gear myself up for that one. Um, but the one release pre Christmas, as I say, I'll try and see Wonka for next week. But I think the only other pre Christmas release that it looks like it's out. Godzilla minus one, which is the, mm, I'm the, really um, looking forward to watching yeah, that. The new kind of Japanese kind of release for um for, for Godzilla. Is it, and, oh, is it a Japanese one? Godzilla. Yeah, yeah. It's um oh, yeah. I can't remember the, the studio behind Evolved. it, like but like the from the actual kind of Evolved. original kind of like um houses and stuff, and that's getting rave reviews. And I think actually like I think one of the key selling points from it is like all the footage and clips have been released, the graphics and the CGI is immense, and it's like 15 million, I think it was total cost. And it's kind of being compared pretty favorably against stuff like, um, you know, the Marvels, a lot of the MCU stuff that's kind of getting kind of thrown out saying that this movie costs one tenth of what your film costs. And it looks sensational. Like, so what the fuck is going on? (laughs) It has a 97 on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, man. So that's that's what I'm most looking forward to. Otherwise, bad Christmas um, movies. Hold on, hold on. We skated over one. We skated over one. Chicken run. Chicken run. Dawn of the Nugget. Yeah, but that's got um. It's um. Well, they got rid of Mel Gibson, which is which is good. But then they got that um. Zach Levy. They got yes, fucking Shazam. Well, he needed a win. Let's be honest. Yeah, but I'm not sure this is going to be the win for him. He needed it. Also, Ardman. They stopped making the play, uh, the um, you know, like the clay that they use for their kind of animations. Yes. Apparently, the, the factory, one of the only factories around that actually makes it for them, is closed down. Yes, but Ardman came out the next day because they it was tweeting, and they, they said, "Yeah, we've got, got we've got a supply." Yes, <clears throat> I'm so, actually finding the I'm trying to find the tweet, but they said they have enough stock to make a couple of films, uh, and that in future, by the time they run out of that stock, they would have found a new supplier. Like it's not impossible to remake this. I think, and also, I thought I thought the rumor was that they were going to try and make a new Wallace and Gromit. Which, yes, please. <laughs> yeah, that's what the clay is for, apparently, allegedly. Ardman is low key one of the better animation studios ever in the world. It is, but it is in a a rough patch. Like they've released a lot of dregs through like the kind of like yeah. the last few years. Like, apart from like the Shaun the Sheep stuff was funny. Um, 
at least the first one was. I didn't see Farmageddon, but like I heard it was kind of that was meant to be really good. But then stuff like Early Man, that was a bit naff. Robin Robin, that was the one they did last year for Netflix, like the Christmas short. Yeah. That was nice. I like that one. So I'll probably give that a go. No, they just ain't got the uh, PR juice. That's literally what it is. Like, if it's not Wallace and Gromit or Chicken Run, people don't really care. I don't even Chicken Run. Chicken Run one, people care. Like Chicken Run two, I'm not fussed. It's Dawn of the Nugget, and they got rid of loads of um of the original cast because they were, I don't know, too old, too mm-hmm. unknown nowadays. So I'm a bit sniffy about it. Not happy. <laughs> well, on that note. Uh, I need to get back to my six-goal thriller with Luton. Is it 3-3? Uh, three, three? Yes, it is 3-3. Three, three. I just tweeted that. Six-goal thriller with Luton. <coughs> yeah, man. Embarrassing. What do you mean? When Liverpool were doing it, no one had anything to say. When it's Arsenal, somebody ever piping up saying, oh, how are you going machine for machine? Shut up, man. So what are you doing? Rice, eh? what, so where, is your, where is your team? We're playing tomorrow and we're going to win. No, but where are you? No, don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. Ninth or something. No, don't worry about that. Don't Have you even beaten a team on the top half of the table? Don't, don't worry about that. Don't worry okay. about that. Don't I mean, my team's four. Come on. In the fucking championship. I don't want to hear it. Anyway, enough football talk. Champions. Hip. Listen, I'm going to watch it. <laughs> I, implore, I implore everyone else to watch it on the pod, please. Thank you. And get back to me. Just watch episode one. If you don't like it, then just watch it. Episode one. Okay, say no more. Uh, on that note... Have a good day. Thanks for listening. Find us on Played in Full Pod on the Twitter. Uh, Played in Full Pod on the Instagram. Watch out because some people, some very cool, wavy, very special, fresh young people are going to be taking over the TikTok real soon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was that was your cue, CJ. Um, but no, seriously, more coming, more content coming. Uh, I'm really looking forward to the end of the year rundown because I feel like it always gets to the end of the year and I can't remember what I watched. So this is definitely going to be fun. Yeah. Yeah. And I think by the time we do some of the catch-ups and stuff we miss, I think there's going to be some surprises. <laughs> yes, definitely. Cool. Next week, next week, everyone have a great weekend. Have a great week. And uh, keep watching films, I guess. Oh, here it goes. Podcast Network.